some of the leadership traits that you look for in young leaders that are joining your company, specifically as it pertains to working with international partners, which I imagine probably was not the case back in the 1960s when AI industries stood up? No, it, it, it truly wasn't, but it became part of the business as early as the mid-1980s. My father, in particular, was a, a leader in that field, reaching out to, uh, across the Pacific and to Taiwan and to China early on, developing some partnerships that continue to exist today. I think one of the things about working with other cultures and other parts of the world is that you really understand how big and how broad the world is. And at the end of the day, the people don't have sort of the basic wants and needs. And understanding how to listen well in that environment is a, is a big part of it. And the, I think the most important part is about working with individuals, particularly around the world, is gaining their trust. We have had, we continue to have partners in Asia that we simply have done business for 30 years plus on a handshake agreement. And, you know, the only way that happens is if the principals go to sleep every night knowing that the partner is going to do the best they can to support the other one. And that, you know, you make decisions that not only for your company, but that's for your partner's company. And, you know, sometimes those things are actually better for your partner than they are for you, but you look at it from the long term, your partner and your key suppliers, their success is just as important as your success in the long run. So you need to take that into account. I think that's a mistake that other companies make, that they tend to dictate and demand certain things with their overseas partners, and that may work for the short term and may be successful for the short term, but I don't think you develop that deep trust that when the chips are down, you need to be able to count on the other party, and if it's somebody that is set a thousand miles away, there's not much you can do if you have not laid the groundwork for that trust. So, so I would say that's one of the important things. That's fantastic point. In a lot of ways, it's almost like a marriage. You know, where there are going to be times in relationship when you're going to be making deposits and times when you're going to need to make withdrawals. As you mentioned, in the short term, sometimes it's easy, you know, who's going to take advantage of the other, but they don't stay in business very long in a multinational corporation for, you know, in the 1960s without development of a really foundational level of trust. So, kudos to you there. I would just say one, one other point. It is not always going to streamline for us, sure. streamline success. One of the things that I've learned most from is the failures that we've had and the relationship failures. And there, there have been two that, that stand out in my mind as being very significant. So one that's happened pretty early in my career and that it could have been a, a really, really harmful event for KI. But we learned from that. I learned from that. And, you know, went back at developing relationships in a slightly different fashion and putting more more focus on this trust and personal relationship side of it, not just the mechanical aspect of the relationship. And it's a very good lesson for somebody to learn when they're 30 years old, and I think I've benefited from it every year since. We're all going to make mistakes, but the important thing is to learn from them. It's a great story. I want to shift gears a little bit. You know, I mentioned in the intro that you're the chairman of the National Board of Directors for the Alzheimer's Association. Can you talk about some of your work with them and how did you get involved? I imagine often cases these are scenarios where you've been personally touched by an horrible disease. That's right. My work with the Alzheimer's Association 
Yeah. 
Yeah. 